Welcome to the Project Fitness Podcast for fitness professionals and fitness enthusiasts who want to be better at life. Fitness is the greatest investment of anyone's life. However, it's not easily obtained, and anyone who says different is just plain wrong. Join award-winning personal trainer and strength conditioning coach Chris Fudge every Monday as he explores all aspects of fitness that can lead you to your optimal health. If you want to learn useful, practical how-tos of weight loss, exercise science, nutrition, or just how to optimize your time in the gym and life, this show is for you. Welcome to another episode of the Project Fitness Podcast. In this 10-minute how-to, I'm going to tell you in 10 minutes or less how to lose weight. So first off, we have to understand why do you want to lose weight? People want to lose weight because of either external or internal factors. External factors could be something like a wedding coming up. Your doctor or spouse said you should lose weight. You have a show coming up. You're like a stage athlete, maybe a high school reunion, or you want to get into a bikini for the trip that's going to last seven days where you'll balloon yourself up for the last three days. And by by then you're just wearing a muumuu anyway, or there might be internal factors. So this might be someone who says, I want to increase my energy from day to day because I don't have any. They want to reduce joint pain due to the excess weight they have on their skeletal structures. They might be on medications. They don't like the way the medications make them feel, or they're worried about the long-term side effects. So they want to get off them. They might want to, you know, treat a mental health disorder, such as depression, anxiety, ADHD, other addictions, and and losing weight could help. They might want to build self-esteem and confidence. They might want to increase their life expectancy. So those are all really good reasons to want to lose weight. Life expectancy or longevity is is a major one. A lot of people aren't really aware of that. But sometimes when we are overweight, that can actually shorten our life or our lifespan. So easy way to actually tell first off is there is something known as a BMI, body mass index. And the BMI has gotten a lot of bad slack over the years where people think it's it's absurd, it hurts people's feelings, it's not very effective because everyone is jacked and full of muscle and the BMI doesn't actually matter. But first off, let's talk about what BMI actually is. So BMI is actually just, it's a way to tell how much or give you a score based on your height to weight ratio. So you have BMI scores, like normal weight is anywhere from 18 and a half to 24.9. Then you have overweight if you're over 25 to 29.9. Then you have obesity, class one, class two, class three, if you're 30, 35, you know, greater than 40. Then there's even underweight category as well. Now you have to understand that BMI is actually a spectrum and there's going to be outliers on both ends of it. So for someone who carries around a lot of muscle mass and they're shorter, they're of course going to be at the higher end of a BMI. But when you look at average people, BMI is actually pretty efficient when it comes to looking at longevity. So for an example, in the Lancet, which is Diabetes and Endocrinology Journal, there's a research study there done. It's called the Association of BMI with Overall and Cause-Specific Mortality. So this was actually done on 3.6 million people in the UK. So essentially what they did was they broke everyone up kind of into two categories. First off, they had the smokers and the non-smokers. And then everything else like didn't really matter. Like males, females, you know, pre-exposed to this, pre-exposed to that. All that stuff didn't matter. They just looked at BMI and then life expectancy. And what they found 
was that, you know, as early as the ages of 40, so the decade of 40 to 50, people who had a higher BMI, so be considered higher or class one obesities or higher, had a decreased life expectancy by four years. So like, just do the math. Every decade afterwards, it got worse. So it's safe to say that BMI aside, you will live longer if you're in the healthy ranges of BMI for the average individual. So there's even a website called projectbiglife.ca and you can actually put in like what your life expectancy is. And it looks at a handful of things, your age, your activity level, smoking, alcohol consumption, um, types of foods you eat. It's pretty interesting how many hours of vigorous activity, you know, low intense activity, you know, and then it looks at your genetic makeup. Are you white, black, Chinese, Japanese, South Asian, Latin American, you know, are you from Canada? If you're not from Canada, it even asks that your education level, which I thought was interesting, then it puts it all together. And then it gives you an estimated amount of life expectancy. So I scored 86. We'll see if that actually comes to fruition. But back to what I was saying, like BMI actually matters. And another study called uh, the body mass index is a predictor of health and disease free life expectancy, disease free. So what they found is people with lower BMIs, they had longer lives before they were diagnosed with some form of disease. And then they rated that always on, you know, needing medication to stay alive as well. So BMI does matter, um, contrary to what anyone says, but there's always going to be extremes. So if you are someone who your doctor says your BMI is really high, and you're like, you know what, like, I'm just full of muscle mass, but you're still 30% body fat, that doesn't hold up. Sorry, but that doesn't work. Now, if you have a high BMI and you might be like 15% body fat, then yeah, that probably doesn't apply to you. Other things that work really good for weight loss is waist to hip ratio. Essentially, when your waist is much wider than your hips, that is a big indicator that you probably need to lose some weight from a health perspective to minimize risk for any types of diseases or chronic illness. So we got that out of the way. Now we know why we want to lose weight. So now let's look at why you aren't losing weight, why people aren't losing weight. One of the ideas, one of the reasons why people aren't losing weight is it's not that you're not trying, but you might not be actively trying. So what I mean by that is, you know, you might say like, I'm going to choose the brand muffin over the cupcake, or I'm going to get the juice over the pop, or I might go with light beer over regular beer. So you might be making some decisions that you think are working towards weight loss, but the reality is you're not actively doing it because you're not measuring it. And what doesn't get measured doesn't get managed. If you have a really bad lifestyle, bad diet, you don't exercise, you don't sleep, you don't drink water, you eat at all time, and you make a few small adjustments, you could probably see the scale go down. But for the average person, and in my 15 plus years of experience in the industry of fitness, people aren't measuring. And when they're not measuring, they're not able to manage it. So what I mean by that is you need to measure a few things. You need to measure your food. You need to measure yourself. So when it comes to measuring food, a lot of people just aren't aware of how much food they actually eat. So when you consume something, there's going to be three major um, macronutrients, carbs, fats, protein in there, and they all represent a certain amount of calories. So for one gram of carb and one gram of protein, that's four calories. One gram of fat is nine calories. And one gram of alcohol is seven calories. Magically, alcohol does have a caloric content to it. Contrary to what your clients and what you believe, there's still calories in vodka. So there's calories and things you put in your body. And when you consume more calories than your body needs, 
the additional amounts of calories get stored as body fat. So that is known as your BMR, your basal metabolic rate, which is how many calories do you need at rest or just at not exercising to maintain your body weight. The majority of people overeat. Let me say that again. The majority of people overeat. They also overestimate their caloric expenditure. How many calories do they think they're burning? And then how many calories do they think they're actually consuming? where people are actually consuming way more. So the only way to really find out is, do you measure the calories? Do you measure what you actually take it? I can give a lot of different examples where I've seen this from clientele. I've seen this in our society, even in the school systems where, you know, if you drop your kids off early and you make them stay late, they might do daycare. When they show up at daycare, they might provide the kids with a snack. Mid-morning in school, the kids get another snack. Then they have lunch. Then mid-afternoon is a snack. And then they go to the daycare after school. Guess what? Starts with an S, ends with a knack, another snack. Then they come home and have dinner. If you've been doing the math, that's five, six meals a day for children. Not needed. Definitely not needed. When people think of how many calories we need, people think 2,000 calories. Standard North American diet. Well, first off, that's not a standard North American diet. Most people in North America eat more than that. And then the average person, depending, probably doesn't need 2,000 calories. So let me give you an example here. So myself weighed 196 pounds in November. So in mid-January, I weighed 178 pounds. And I just lost that weight literally by trying to eat a certain way, but actually looking at how many calories I was consuming every day. And on average, I was staying below 2000. I was going about 1600 a day, where a lot of days I was going between 1300 and 1500. Now I actively exercise with resistance training four to five times a week. I actively do aerobic activity, you know, one or two times a week of some form. So when you look at the amount of output I have, people probably say you need a significantly amount more calories to be able to do what you do. Well, not if the goal is to actually lose body weight. So if you want to lose body weight, you need less calories. So if I consumed more calories, I probably would have just maintained my weight. But I was eating less, my body weight went down and it went down pretty easily. I just had to track and make sure I didn't go over. Sometimes people will say, well, by measuring, do you mean like weighing yourself? And I'm like, yeah, weigh yourself. And some people in fitness don't like their clients weighing themselves regularly. They, they choose not to weigh their clients or their clients say, I don't want to be weighed. Now, first things first, if you have body weight to lose, like you have body fat to lose, a scale is one form of assessment. It's one form. Measurements are another. Body fat percentile and skin folds is another. Clothing is another. There's a lot of different ways. <clears throat> but what I find one of the most non-subjective is the scale. If you have body weight to lose, the scale won't tell you you tried hard. The scale won't tell you, but you look good in that outfit. The scale will tell you either your weight is up or your weight is down. Now, some people will say, well, we'll get that makes you obsessive. And then um, bad things can happen psychologically. Well, that was actually tested. In 2007, the study in the Journal of Consultation Clinical Psychology Wing and Tate tested, are there negative effects with daily weighing? 
So they had a group of people losing weight and they had them weigh in daily. They had another separate group who weighed in whenever they wanted to. And then another group who did not. And what they found was the group that actually lost the most weight and kept the weight off the longest was the group that was weighing themselves daily or keeping a, a journal of their weight on a daily basis. And what they found is that people who were doing that <clears throat> were more likely to make good decisions every day and not derail their progress because they knew they were going to be on the scale the next day. And it's not something to get obsessed about. It's just part of your daily routine. When we drive down the road and we know the speed limit is 60 kilometers an hour, we look at the gauge and we make sure we're not going 70 or 80. That's a normal part of life. It's the same thing with food. Now, your weight can go up and down and fluctuate based on water, bowel movements, um, based on male, female versus female cycles coming upon, upon them. Small things like that can affect it. But if I told you to monitor your blood pressure by checking your blood pressure every day, you're not going to freak out if it's super high or super low one day. What you would do is you would look for the trends over time. And weighing yourself daily or every second day is a similar concept. You would look at the trends. If every Monday your weight is up two pounds, that might lead you to the trend of what you're doing on the weekend is not working towards a weight loss goal. Or if every Monday you're down in weight, it might say that, well, you say you're down weight at a faster amount. It might say that what you do on the weekend is more productive to weight loss than what you do Monday to Friday. You might find out that Monday to Friday, you're buying lunch every day and on the weekend, you're not. So weighing yourself is actually not a bad idea. And then also knowing how many calories are in your food and then doing the math on that is also a good idea. So we talked about why you want to lose weight. We talked about why we're not losing weight. So now let's talk about how to actually lose weight. So to lose weight, you've got to weigh yourself and either weigh or calculate, but be realistic with the food you're actually eating. So an easy way to do that, first off, is get a scale and keep the scale in the same spot every day. Don't move your scale around and step on it. And when you do a weigh-in, kind of make it like the same parameters. So I always tell my clientele, Weigh in first thing in the morning after going to the bathroom, you've emptied your bowels and you're, you're naked or you're dressed in your underwear. Don't move the scale. Use the same scale. And then make sure that's the same premise. Because if you weigh in and you're wearing clothes one day and no clothes the next, that's weight. If you weigh in after breakfast versus before breakfast, that's weight. If you weigh in before you go to the bathroom, depending on your BMs, that is weight. So if you keep the parameters the same every day, you get a better idea of what's going on. Secondary, when it comes to your calories, do the math, count things up, get a scale to weigh your food, or just look at whatever you're eating and make sure that you're weighing what you're eating. And then you're just doing a quick little calculation. And you can use Fitness Pal. My Fitness Pal is an app that people use. Um, there's another one out there called uh, Chrono, C-R-O-N-O. That's a really good one. All you got to do is buy a digital scale. Digital scales are quite affordable these days. They were from 10 to 20 bucks. It's a very simple way out your food in advance. Then you can calculate know exactly. Anybody who is absence of metabolic disease can lose weight. And the easiest way is to go into a bit of a caloric deficit for a duration of time. If every one of us right now stopped eating, we'd all lose weight. Let me say that again. If every one of us right now stopped eating, 
we would lose weight. And if you don't believe me, try it. Stop eating and see what happens. You don't actually just stop eating, but you eat less than what you're actually eating. You can measure it, calculate it. You can remove one meal a day. Say you eat three meals and one snack, remove the snack, eat three meals. Say you eat three meals a day anyway, remove one meal, just eat two. Just eat less. If you don't want to do the math and actually figure it out, an easy way to do the math is actually just to identify what your BMR is, your basal metabolic rate. Take your body weight, add a zero. You're probably within 50 calories. So if you weigh 160 pounds, add a zero, that's 1600 calories. Give or take 100 each way. That'd be what, how many calories do you need just at rest to be you? So if you need 1600 calories to be you, try calculating and eating 1400 calories or 1300 calories or 1200 calories. Do it for a week. Weigh yourself every day. See what happens. If you start noticing a trend where your body weight goes down, guess what? You were in a caloric deficit. You're probably going to lose weight if you just stick with it and do a little bit longer. If you don't want to do that, you can do what my dad did. And what my dad did was he wanted to lose weight, so he just started eating half. What do you mean by half? I literally mean half. I asked him. I said, what do you mean by half? Because, well, I eat about the same foods every day. So I just started eating half, half of everything. I said, oh, okay. So how long you do that for? So we did for about a month and I lost 10 pounds. I said, that, that's genius. I said, well, so why are you calling me? He was just calling me up. And he goes, well, I want to lose more weight. What should I do now? I kind of plateaued. <laughs> so I said, you know what, dad? What if you ate half of half and see what happens? So without him actually getting out calculators and measuring and doing the, the math, and my dad's probably got an abacus, so he would have used that. He literally just ate the same foods every day, then ate less of them, didn't change anything else in his life, and he started to lose weight. So to recap, you know, why do people want to lose weight, either external or internal? Why are people probably not losing weight? Well, they might not be actively trying because if it doesn't get measured, it doesn't get managed. And then how do we actually lose weight? If you are absent of hormonal or metabolic disease, there's a good chance all you need to do is calculate what you're eating, how much do you need to eat, go into a bit of a deficit less than what you think you actually need, and do it for a duration, and then watch the pounds come off. So if you've enjoyed this and you want to help others, please share this with someone you coach or someone you care about. And if you want more detail in this, please reach out to me at chris at projectfitness.ca for an email or just find me on the gram at see the fudge and i'd love to have a chat about how to lose weight thank you never stop learning because life never stops teaching if you've learned at least one thing from this podcast and your mission is to help other people please share this podcast with them and a reminder we will be releasing one episode every Monday for the entire year. So make sure to hit subscribe so you get the updated information as soon as possible. Today is the first day of the rest of your life. And thank you so much for allowing me to be part of it.